Welcome to the Monitor Sports Podcast. Eric Vincent Lobel and Dan Atori here with you in the first full week of the playoffs for soccer and volleyball. Field hockey playoffs already underway. Football winding down its regular season. Cross-country championships coming up this weekend. So much to get to on today's episode. Dan and I will be previewing the uh, boys and girls soccer playoff brackets and the volleyball playoff brackets and also catch you up on the status of area field hockey teams and football as uh, football approaches the postseason in a couple of weeks as well. So Dan, let's start with field hockey. Um, we That's the only sport that has gotten its postseason underway. We've had several area teams competing. Some of there, some seasons have already come to an end, including in Division One, Concord, the sixth seed, uh, which did beat Timberlane, the 11 seed, three to one last Tuesday, a win that head coach Nicole Armaganian was very pleased with. Concord had tied Timberlane 1 1 in the final game of the regular season, but broke through with that win on Tuesday. But the tide then lost on Friday in the quarterfinals against number three, Bishop Girton. But overall, a successful season for the Crimson Tide, Dan, finishing 11-6-1, definitely a step up from last year. Yeah, uh, I believe two years in a row, this is a program that's been bounced in the prelims. I believe both of those, they were hosting and and they got um, bumped early. Um, Previous outing against Bishop Girton in the regular season was a 6-1 loss. Um, so, uh, to go ahead, um, and, and keep that one so close, uh, was definitely, definitely what the tide wanted to do. Um, if not win, at least show that, you know, they belonged on the same field with the team like Bishop Girton, um, playing on the turf field at, at Stello stadium and the tide held their own. Um, so a very good season for the tide, um, that season, uh, comes to an end. That is the end of division one field hockey in our area, but plenty of field hockey to go, especially when we look at division two, Eric. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's where a lot of our focus is going to be this week. We have two area teams that are competing in the semifinals, not against each other, of course. So we will have both uh, two games in Exeter on Thursday night. The first game will feature bow, which upset number three, Oyster river, 3-2 in overtime on Sunday. Um, Bo is the sixth seed in Division II. Uh, The Falcons also beat number 11 Hanover to advance to that game against um, Oyster River. And the Falcons will take on number two Kennett in the first semifinal. Uh, Bo lost to Kennett 1-0 back on September 26th. So the Falcons will look to avenge that loss on the turf at Bill Ball Stadium Thursday at five o'clock. And the other semifinal will feature the D2 defending champs, John Stark, which beat number eight Portsmouth 3-2 in the quarterfinals. John Stark had a bye in the first round. And the Generals will play number four, Sauhegan, in the seven o'clock semifinal Thursday John Stark beat Sauhegan 4-1 on October 3rd, and this will be a rematch of last season's championship. Now, just based on what the scores have looked like, Sauhegan doesn't appear to be as 
good as it was last year. Still obviously good enough to make it to the semifinals. But last year, John Stark and Sauhegan tied in the regular season. And then John Stark won the championship, won nothing. Uh, this year's regular season matchup was a little bit more lopsided. But, you know, semifinal, anything can happen. Uh, should be interesting games there. So, Dan, you mentioned just, you know, we got one D2 team that we expected in John Stark. And then a team in ball with the new head coach that maybe we didn't expect, but uh, it's been a good year for both. Yeah, it's been a huge turnaround for the program that has either not made the playoffs or barely gotten in the last couple of years and, and had an early exit. Um, this was a boat team that didn't even have they didn't have a JV program last year. They were they were struggling with numbers, uh, but definitely a resurgence with a very strong freshman class. One of them, Shire Kelly, with two goals and an assist, had a, she had a hand in all three goals the Falcons had on Sunday, uh, including one goal um, to open the second half, which uh, cut Oyster River's lead in half. Oyster River's leading two nothing at halftime. Kelly gets Bo on the board and then also scores the game-winning goal in overtime. So. Um, so uh, a lot of contributions from the freshmen on the Falcon roster from Shire Kelly in particular, Ella Gray netting the other one, another name that you've seen a lot. He's been following both field hockey and the monitor. Um, Bo playing Kennett in the semifinals. Eric, uh, Bo and Kennett have played each other in another high stakes game in a different sport. Um, so I don't think there's necessarily a ton of overlap between the field hockey and the basketball programs. There might be, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe for some, some of the players, a little bit, um, a little bit of something there. Um, Kenneth also notably the only team to beat previously undefeated John Stark. Uh, John Stark's only loss in the last two years came just a couple of weeks ago to the Kenneth Eagles. So definitely some uh, intriguing uh, matchups there. Um, I did not think of this until just now, but John Stark and Bo also uh, two teams without turf fields playing uh, Hollis Brook. Uh, Hollis Brooklyn play on turf. I feel like Hollis Brooklyn plays on turf. I think they play there. Um, and then um, Kennett that might have maybe you know what? Never mind. I don't know what kind of field Kennett has. I thought they had turf. I guess they don't. But anyway, um, but but John Stark and Bo definitely without turf fields playing uh, on the turf at Bill Ball means uh, just a faster pace to the game, um, which sometimes can favor certain teams. Although uh, John Stark has shown um, they can beat anyone anywhere um, if they're on their game and the Falcons uh, upsetting Oyster River on their home turf. Um, so definitely a team that can hang with the best of them. So uh, that'll be a very exciting uh, Thursday night, Thursday night for you. There's a lot of dates and a lot of numbers on our spreadsheets and, and Google Docs as we plan, as we plan for this week. Um, winner of those two games will play in the championship at 1:30 on Sunday at Bedford High School. And then rounding out the field hockey coverage, we are done with Division Three field hockey. Only one of our teams advanced to the quarterfinals. Number four, Bishop Brady, hosting number five, Newfound, in a rematch of last year's quarterfinal. Bishop Brady won that last year. This year, Newfound gets the upper hand. They won nothing win, ending the Giants' season 
at 11 and four. Um, we, uh, Eric did a, a great story uh, last week, a couple of weeks ago on head coach Kelly Owen and the field at the school being named after her other area teams in division three that made the playoffs number nine conan lost a narrow one nothing i'm sorry number nine kearsarge excuse me losing a narrow one nothing game to number eight conan and then number 10 hopkinton uh, making the playoffs after uh an absence last year showed a lot of improvement uh a very long bus ride to number seven berlin um for a three to one loss there. Um, so that concludes the field hockey talk on this podcast, not on the season. Eric's going to have a good time at Bill Ball Stadium on Thursday night for a doubleheader. And uh, we'll see, maybe a, a double local championship, which is always really exciting when that when that happens. Um, and like Eric said, it's one team we expected there and John Stark and maybe one we did not uh, with number six bow and a new head coach and, and uh, a team that lost in the prelims last year. So uh, very exciting stuff for the Falcons and generals eager to repeat their title. So let's move to the playoffs that have yet to begin. Uh, we'll start with boys soccer, uh, which gets underway on Tuesday. Um, the, we got three. We're gonna have three area teams in action. Uh, Merrimack Valley, the six seed, hosting number eleven Plymouth. Number seven Cole Brown hosting number ten Conval, and number eight Pembroke hosting number nine Laconia. Uh, so Dan, we'll start with Merrimack Valley. Um, they're playing Plymouth, a team that they tied one-one about a month ago on September twenty-sixth. The thing about Merrimack Valley has been has been just. They've been super streaky this season. They started the year one and two, then won five in a row, then went oh two and one in the next three games, then won three in a row, and closed out the season with back-to-back losses. Now, in fairness, the back-to-back losses to the uh, at the end of the year were against Kingswood and Bow, two of the best teams in Division Two this fall. But still, uh, Dan, that that inconsistency has to be a little bit of a reason for caution uh, even though mv did get the six seed in d2 yeah i um i know when i spoke with uh head coach ken fuller after um uh, their loss to Bo in Bo's homecoming match on September 23rd. So exactly a month ago um, from today when, when i spoke with him there had been a lot of injuries in the program um they were playing with one sub for the second half of that game. So perhaps that explains some of the streakiness if they're playing with a thin bench, if they're missing some, some key players that would certainly contribute to that. Um, but I mean, Envy's got a very good goal, uh, goalkeeper and Trevor Simmons. Um, they have some very good players, um, in the midfield and up top, including the individual golf champion, Andrew Serpernot. He's already tasted some, some, uh, championship glory this season. I'm sure eager to help his teammates get there as well on the soccer field, um, so definitely streaky, but, you know, as coaches like to say, as long as they're playing their best at this time, um, that's, that's ultimately what matters, what matters in the end. Um, definitely a favorable matchup against Plymouth on, on their home field. Um, so I, I like the pride's chances there uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens after that. And just to run through the other two uh, area matchups going on Tuesday, Cole Brown, Again, the seven seed hosting number 10, Conval. The winner 
has the pleasure of playing Bo, the two seed on Friday at three. Um, Cole Brown and Conval also tied 1-1 during the regular season. That game was just about a week and a half ago on Oct- uh, October 13th. Uh, and and we talked on the last couple episodes about Cole Brown and how it kind of struggled in the home stretch of the regular season, finishing one, four, and one over the last six games and uh, looking to try to snap out of that uh, now that the playoffs are here. If Cole Brown beats Conval and plays Bo, that would be a rematch of a game from August 31st that Cole Brown lost 5 nothing, And then Pembroke playing number nine, Laconia. The Spartans finished the season red hot, winning seven of eight after starting the year one, six and one. Uh, although Laconia was that one loss during the stretch, a uh, seven, two loss uh, on October 17th. Uh, so again, those are the three matchups locally Tuesday, then quarterfinals on Friday. Semifinals will be at Stello Stadium in Nashua next Tuesday and the championship in Nashua as well next friday november 3rd if my calendar mental calendar is correct that, that sounds right um <laughs> another note if if it's number 10 conval that beats number seven co brown and they play bow that will uh number two bow hosting the winner of that game coached by new head coach josh smith his previous program was Conval. So that could potentially be an interesting matchup having uh, Smith's former charges at Conval uh, playing his new team in bow. Um, also wanted to shout out the Pembroke boys soccer team. They were the bottom of division two for a few, you know, for a few years, they had a rough stretch um, and started out at the bottom this year. Not only are they in the playoffs, they're hosting a playoff game, uh, which is, which is pretty cool for a, a program that uh, I think Eric, you really saw probably one of the biggest games of that turnaround when they beat Merrimack Valley, a team that was ranked much higher at Merrimack Valley on the Pride's homecoming match um, was definitely, uh, to me, kind of looking back, really the, the a main turning point um, for the for the team this season, at least. Um, so, you know, to see them go from where they were to now they're hosting a playoff game is, I think, very impressive. Um, it says a lot about the growth that they have had. Also under a new head coach, uh, first-year head coach, Drew Goff. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, that MV game because you said I, we were there covering that for MV's homecoming. And at that point, Pembroke was two, uh, six and one. They had just beaten Trinity five nothing, but then they came back to beat MV four three. And it was one of the things where where Coach uh, Goff had said that he had, you know, they had felt like they were playing better even in the previous couple losses. But you know, now they finally had a couple wins, and he felt they were really going to get going coaches say that all the time so you never really know what's actually going to happen but it turns out that his forecast was pretty accurate um and uh and Pembroke is rolling into the playoffs so uh again the Spartans hosting Laconia on Tuesday in division three we've got several teams competing in that bracket number four Hopkinton hosting number 13 Stevens a team that beat five nothing on September 29th um, but Hopkinton, which started the year 12 and one, did lose two of its final three regular season games, three, two loss to Kearsarge and a three, nothing loss to Guilford. Um, and then among other area teams competing, number seven, Hillsborough Deering plays number 10, Prospect Mountain. 
Number eight, Kearsarge hosts number nine, Newfound. Number 12, Belmont plays at number five, St. Thomas. Belmont was a semifinal team last year that lost to Guilford. Um, number 14, Winnesquam playing at number three, Mescoma Valley. And number 15, Bishop Brady will play at number two, Guilford. The quarterfinals in D3 are, are on Friday this week. Semifinals are at Bank of New Hampshire Stadium in Laconia next Monday, the 30th, and the championship on Friday, November 3rd. And a note week. about D3. Um, I, I think, you know, don't set too much store by the, the seedings um, in this one. Campbell seeded first, a 15-1 record. They're, they're clearly up ahead. Um, defending champions Guilford in at number two with a 13-1-2 and two record. Mascoma, Hopkinton, and St. Thomas all at 13-3 and three, um, with identical ratings. Ratings being the number of points earned divided by the number of games. So I believe that the next tiebreaker down is record against tournament opponents. Um, so very narrow, um, you know, difference between the number two and the number five teams there. And then six, seven, and eight, six Dairy Field, 11, and four. Hillsborough during uh, 11 wins, four losses, and a draw. Um, oddly enough, that draw is what's holding them down instead of putting them up ahead, which makes no sense to me, but that's not why we're here. Um, and then number eight, Kearsarge at 10-5-1, just one game behind Um behind uh those other two dairy field and hillsborough are daring so not a whole lot to separate between um those those sets of teams also no buys in division three boys soccer um 16 teams a nice even bracket all the way through um does that mean that maybe if a number eight Kearsarge, you know, moves on. Do they have a better shot playing against a number one Campbell that hasn't had to rest that, that that's had to play um, a, a playoff game? Um, maybe, I don't know, um, but definitely something to uh, keep, keep an eye on something notable there. Um, and in division four, only one area team making it through that is number five Concord Christian hosting number 12 Portsmouth Christian. Of course, Concord Christian, the defending champions last year um, behind the strong senior class that had been playing together for uh, many years, elementary school. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a very strong senior class last year. Um, it all played together in the Concord Christian program throughout that time um, and not quite as dominant but still a very strong team with a, with a program that now knows uh, what it takes to win a title. Um, so definitely a team to keep an eye on in our area as well. Uh, they play on Friday. Uh, sorry, they will play um, earlier this week. The winners go to the quarterfinals on Friday and then the semifinals and uh, at Bank of New Hampshire Stadium and the, then the championship all next week. That is it for boys soccer. We're going to stay on the pitch for probably what, Eric, if I was putting money down, I would say this is going to be where we will be having the most local games of any any fall um, sport, girls soccer. We, we do very well in girls soccer in the capillary. It looks like the way the brackets are set up. That could be the case again this year. Eric. 
It's happening in girls soccer. Quite a bit. Uh, first in Division One, that uh, girls soccer uh, first round games start on Wednesday. Uh, Division One, we've got number six Concord hosting number eleven Nashua North, a team that Concord beat uh, a week ago, basically two nothing. Uh, Concord entering the playoffs red hot, nine wins in a row to close out the season after starting the year three three and one. On last week's episode, uh, I spoke with Concord's head coach Andrew Matarazzo, uh, so you can definitely check that out if you want to hear a little bit more about what's been behind the scenes of Concord's success this year. So again, they will play Nashville North on Wednesday. The winner of that game takes on the winner of number three Bedford, number eleven Londonderry. That game, uh, the the quarterfinal would be on Sunday. The semifinal at Bill Ball Stadium in Exeter next Wednesday, November first, and the championship on Sunday, the fifth. So that's what we got in D one, D two is where all the chaos is, and we've talked about this division quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, we've got one team playing in the first round that snuck in Pembroke, the uh, runners up in D2 last year, the seven seed hosting number 10 Pelham at four o'clock on Wednesday. Winner plays number two Merrimack Valley on Sunday. Pembroke did not play Pelham during the regular season, but if they win and have to play Merrimack Valley, they will have to beat a team that, that they lost to twice during the regular season, two to one and two nothing. But Dan, we talked a little bit, you mentioned on last week's show, uh, Pembroke is starting to find its rhythm. They they won four in a row to close out the regular season. Uh, it was really an up and down, uh, you know, streaky team uh, this year for coach uh, Jess Kaufman DeRochers, but they seem to be peaking at the right time. So Pembroke, when we did a show earlier in the season, was 14th out of six, uh, 16 or 17 teams in the division, 14th. Now, they're number seven, the highest that Pembroke could have gotten if they had won out from, from that point was the number six seed. They're a number seven seed, and now they're hosting a playoff game. Not just any playoff game, they're hosting Pelham in a rematch of last year's championship game. So definitely one um, that's going to have a lot of intrigue for sure, um, but uh, very happy uh, for the Pembroke girls soccer team. It's cool to see teams, um, you know, have have stories like that, you know, to be able to come back from being almost at the bottom of the division. And now they're not in just in, but they're hosting a playoff game, hosting the defending champions on their home field is pretty cool. And then if they win that, they're playing local rivals, Merrimack Valley, um, a team that that they played twice, including um, a game on September 30th, a game that I saw for Merrimack Valley's homecoming, a game that MV won 2-0. So definitely uh, a lot of intrigue uh, in that half of the bracket for girls soccer. But we are just starting our talk about Division II girls soccer. Number three, Co Brown, hosting the winner of number six, Milford, and number 11, Conval on Sunday. So most of these teams are, are going to have a long break um, between when their seasons ended, most of them ending on Friday. Some of them ended last Thursday. They're not playing again until Sunday. So some of these teams are going to have eight, nine days off um, in between in between games. Um, Co Brown did not play Milford in the regular season, but they did beat Conval four to two 
on October 13th. Uh, Co Brown picking up the what what Co, I believe Coach Hills referred to as one of the biggest wins in in program history when Co Brown beat Bo. Um, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, a big step for the Cobra Brown team. Always been in, you know, playoff contention, a pretty solid program, but this year really making uh, the leap into the upper echelon um, of the top teams there. So Cobra Brown with a bye hosting the winner of Milford and Conval. And then two teams that uh, both received first round buys, a double local matchup, number four, John Stark hosting number five, Bo on Sunday, two more teams that have over a week off in between their games. Um, number five, Bo, the only team in the division that earned a bye, but will not be hosting a game. Um, so it kind of a unique position for the Falcons to be in. Um, they split the regular season. Uh, John Stark winning the first matchup four to two on September 29th and Bo winning the second match two to one on Friday the 20th that was the last game of the regular season Eric I'm I'm curious I was thinking about this over the weekend and then I was like I'm gonna ask Eric this on the podcast because I'm curious what he thinks we, we've seen a lot of these teams you know local games or just games in general where teams split during the regular season D do you want to be the team that maybe won the more recent game and might indicate that they're playing better at the moment? Or would you rather be the team that won the first game, maybe didn't show your best in the last matchup? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have any any strong opinions on that, but I we hear all the time from coaches it's hard to beat a team twice or beat a team three times, excuse me. Uh, no one wants to play a team three times, and we've gone through a couple scenarios. Um, if Pembroke plays Merrimack Valley, um, Bo and John Stark definitely in the quarterfinals on Sunday where that would be the case. Um, any any thoughts on, on that? I mean, in the case of... Uh, John Stark and Bo, where the recent matchup was literally last Friday. I think I'd rather be, uh, you know, Bo in that case, because that's very, you know, if, if the most recent game was a month ago, then I don't know that I'd put much stock in it. But just given how these two teams just played each other, Bo has confidence that it can beat John Stark. It's more recent. Um, but I, I think you know, in this situation where you're just dealing with two teams that are pretty evenly matched, I just don't know if there's that much of an advantage that goes with either uh, result, you know, winning first or versus losing the first. But yeah, I, I think we've seen enough of these area teams that, that we can say with confidence that they're very even. These games can be very close, likely, and, uh, you know, should make for for lots of exciting soccer. You asked me this question last week, Eric, uh, and so now I'll ask you, out of our five, five, Pembroke, Co. Brown, John Stark, Bo, MV, out of our five Division II girls soccer teams on the top seven of the bracket, is, is there one that you are kind of picking that you think is going to be the, you know, the one to, to go furthest um, out of all of these area teams? So I'm going to do this by process of elimination first. Um, I think you, I think you said MV last week. I did. I did. Um, my biggest concern with Merrimack Valley is that they do not score a lot of goals. 
they've, I mean, coach Kylie Yam has joked about this, like the first six or seven games here were all two to one wins or they had scored they And so I, I am concerned that if MV falls behind in a game, it, they, they can't generate enough offense. Mm. Uh, now, Bow team that you know has a lot of experience going deep in the playoffs. They lost a lot of experience last year. We've talked about that. They have a younger team. Um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, what how they're going to react in a playoff situation. So I think those two I'm not as sold on. Um, maybe they can use that as you know bulletin board material to motivate themselves. But um, we should I, be so I, lucky, Eric. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Look, I think I think Pembroke is the lowest seed, but I would not want to play the Spartans right now. They have to play the extra game, but they've won four in a row. Uh, this that's a team that just that's a program that just consistently finds ways to win games in in the playoffs, and uh, so I would not want to play Pembroke. I don't know that I would say that they have the highest percentage chance of going the furthest but they're the team I would least like to face if I was an opposing coach. So I'll give a half cop-out answer because All I right, think that's, that's fair. I mean, Pembroke was the number four seed last year um, when they, 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 they also have a phenomenal goalie in Layla. They, pheno- they have a phenomenal so goalie. That's, um, that's yeah. something that a lot of teams cannot say. Uh, they have a really good goalie and that, that, that definitely goes a long way. So um, lots of excitement coming in D2. In D3, just want to mention, uh, we'll have number three, Hopkinton, hosting number 14, Mascoma Valley, uh, at three on uh, Wednesday. Uh, they did not play each other in the regular season. Also in D3, number five, Kearsarge hosts number 12, Interlakes. Number 11, Belmont, plays at number six, Trinity. And number 16, Bishop Brady, plays at number one, St. Thomas. Those quarterfinals will be on Sunday. Semifinals at Manchester Memorial next Wednesday in the championship next Sunday, November 5th. And then in D4, number three, Conquer Christian will host the winner of number six, Linwood, and number 11, Hinsdale on Sunday. Semifinals in that division at Manchester Memorial on Thursday, uh, next week, and then the championship is next Sunday. Uh, other playoff sport getting underway this week, volleyball. Lots of action, not as much action, but still a bit of local action uh, that we will have covered in Division One. Concord, the eighth seed, host number nine Pinkerton, the ninth, uh, of course, the ninth seed uh, on Wednesday. That game at five thirty in the Concord High Gymnasium. The winner plays number one Bedford on Friday at six. Concord was swept by Bedford a few weeks ago, uh, but did beat Pinkerton three two in a tight five set matchup on October fourth in Division Two. Uh, number 10, Winnesquam, plays at number seven, Kingswood, on Tuesday, with the winner playing in number two, Cole Brown, on Thursday. Cole Brown, the D2 runners-up last year after winning the championship in 2021. Cole Brown also beat Winnesquam 3-0 on September 12th, and Kingswood 3-0 on October 20th. So Cole Brown will f- be feeling good regardless of who it faces. And then John Stark, the 11th seed, will play at number six, Guilford, uh, Tuesday and uh, Guilford beat John Stark three to one back on September 25th. Semifinals in D2 at Pinkerton Academy next Tuesday. Championship is at Pinkerton next Saturday. And then in Division Three, before we get to our football and cross country updates, 
Uh, number five, Belmont will host number 12, Newfound on Thursday. Number six, Conquer Christian hosts number 11, Trinity on Thursday. Semifinals in D3, Thursday at Pinkerton next week and championship on Saturday. So that's volleyball. Dan, we got football, regular season still winding down as we hit the last few minutes of the podcast. I was at Concord senior night on Friday, a heartbreaking loss for the Tide, 28-27 in overtime against Dover. Concord led that game 21-7, but Dover came back to tie. And then in overtime, when each team possesses the ball from the 10-yard line, they have four downs to try to score. Dover scored and kicked the extra point. Then Concord scored, tried to go for two to get the win, but quarterback Colby Nyhan was stopped short of the goal line. Concord loses 28-27. But the silver lining, I think, for Jim Corkum, the head coach afterwards, was he was happy with the effort from his players. This was not a game that you maybe expected Concord to compete in given the record disparities. Um, but then this group showed up and and they gave Dover a pretty good fight. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I, I had heard in a different, um, uh, another podcast, uh, the NH sports page podcast that pretty much if Concord wins this game, that ends Dover season. So this is a team, uh, that is expected to go to the playoffs and, and Concord, uh, nearly uh nearly uh took him down and and i respect the move right you know what if he got to lose it's the end of the season probably not going to the playoffs and and you know going for the win um and being aggressive i i really uh appreciated that especially on on you know senior night on your home field i i definitely respect them them going for it um i was at division uh division two game this weekend the only game in our area that was played on saturday in a monsoon on turf at Dairy Field Park in Manchester. Uh, I was at Bow Football, a 34 to nothing win over Pembroke Academy. That was Pembroke's senior night. Shout out to Rich Miara for standing out in the rain for a whole half with all of his gear to get those photos. He is with New Hampshire Sports Photography. If you are a sports fan and are looking for photos, um, if there's anyone from Bow listening to this podcast, you should buy some photos from Rich Miara because he stood out in the rain because I asked him to. Uh, That was the only thing happening in town and he went. Um, So definitely support Rich Miara, one of our many great uh, contributors that we have um, for sports. But that was a huge win for Bo. Um, 400 yards on the ground. Um, Caleb Schumacher, two touchdowns and 135 yards to leave the Falcons there. This win saves Bo's season. If they lose, they're done. Um, So Bo is now four and four heading into the last week of the regular season. Also at four and four is Guilford Belmont, who beat Hanover 37 to 28 on the road, effectively ending Hanover season. Um, Merrimack Valley beating Kennett 32 to seven. Kennett started the year four and oh, now they are four and four. And John Stark did not play. Well, they played. They played a team from Vermont. Um, they beat them in a non-NHI uh, double-A game. So what this does for the playoffs in Division Two, there are six teams that have secured their spots in the playoffs, John Stark being one of them, looking like maybe a number five seed or a number six seed, depending on how things shake out, but probably number five for them. 
Um, and then you have Bo at four and four, Guilford Belmont at four and four, and Kennett at four and four, and Hanover at four and three, all battling for that final playoff spot. Hanover will play number one defending champions undefeated Pelham. Um, Pelham should win that one. So not unfortunately, not really looking at Hanover, but um but basically, I believe I have crunched the numbers, I think, because, again, there's ratings and the point value changes with who else wins, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm not going to run through all however many scenarios that is. I don't know what kind of math that would take. But I believe that if Guilford Belmont wins, they're definitely in because they're playing the, the strongest opponent in St. Thomas. So I think based on the points, they would – secure a spot um they're number seven right now so a win for guilford belmont keeps them in uh i believe if Bo, who is seated ninth right now if they beat laconia because they get more points than kennett would for a win over winless house brookline i believe that puts Bo into the playoffs i think there's a lot of moving parts but basically um i believe a win gets both of those programs in and then in division four on a bye week this week but franklin at three and three they host two and four bishop brady on saturday in the annual kaplan cup uh, in memory of former teacher and coach at both schools jeff kaplan winner of that game uh secures the number four seed in division four for that spot held right now by Franklin. And last but not least in cross country, I was at the Capital Area Championships at Merrimack Valley last week on the girls' side, the Concord girls' team. It's 11th Capital Area title in a row. Individual champion freshman Maddie Lane from Hopkinton, uh, definitely a favorite for the Division Three title on Saturday. And freshman Bocelli Howland Vlahakis, I definitely said that right. Um, from Guilford, won the boys race and St. Paul's school winning the the boys team competition. So I will be at Dairyfield Park in Manchester on Saturday, covering all three of those championships. Hopkinton and Co. Brown, um, definitely the 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 favorites as far as area teams go um, at winning some hardware. They're the best chances there. Oof. Eric, that uh, that's a lot of bracketology for you, but uh, yeah, should be an exciting week. Lots of games coming up. Uh, Dan, I'm glad you mentioned Rich Miar doing great photography. Also wanted to mention Chip Griffin doing a ton of great photography for us as well. Photos by Chip. Also in Bo, he does a lot of Bo stuff. So if you're not familiar with him, even though most people probably are at this point, he's at every game uh, taking great photos and he's taking a lot for us. Uh, definitely check him out as well. Lots of games cover uh, lots of game coverage coming up this week so definitely keep it locked on the monitor sports page when it does update and uh we will have you covered as best we can so for dan and Tori, i'm eric rinson lobel thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next week